Guatemala! Shall we go? Let's go to La Soledad in Acatenango. My name is Steve Layton, and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So Raul Perez has grown up around coffee. He comes from a fifth generation coffee farming family on his father's side and a third generation family on his mother's side. Coffee's always been part of his life. Um, he's told me lots of stories about his grandparents and how they would share stories with him and his experiences. And he really thinks that it's helped him to shape himself into the producer that he is today. But I think it's fair to say that Raul has made plenty of his own coffee stories in his 10 years of involvement in the specialty coffee industry. It was 10 years ago, Raul first became involved in the family business. Um, after living in Guatemala City in his youth, and uh, that's very common that you will go and live there so you'd be able to go to school and university and better than they would be in the uh, more rural areas. He returned to the farm uh, where in the holidays he'd still been going and working, uh, but you know, they kind of, they weren't able to be there all the time because his parents had to be in the city with him. Um, and it coincided with a visit from an international buyer who made the family view coffee production in a very different way. Um, the specialty market was blossoming and this visitor gave them new ideas for varietals, picking, processing. And because of Raul's education and uh, inspiration, um, they started to work in a much more interactive way uh, on the farm than they had before. Um, La Soledad had been in the Pe uh, Perez family uh, since 1895, located in Acatenango, near the Acatenango Volcano Massive. Um, it has great microclimates, has an altitude of 1,650 metres above sea level, um, and has had heavy investment in it with lots of rebuilding in the mill, um, environmental things in mind. They have a clever system uh, where they're able to recycle the water they use for processing many, many times so it doesn't go into the water. Uh, and Henio, uh, Raul's dad, uh, really kind of works on the farm um, in hand in hand with Raul to raise quality and standards. Um, and it's just sparked so many changes. They've built a cupping lab on the farm. Uh, they sample roast every day. They drink their coffee every day. They're looking at each day's pickings and they're trying to learn from the farm and see what they can do to improve uh, every cup. And um, yeah, no, it's really, really impressive. Um, the first time I met Raul was at a friend's wedding in Guatemala and I really didn't know him, um, but we got talking and he never really kind of like talked about coffee. He didn't try and push it onto me. Um, and I think it was at the end of the evening, he said like, oh yeah, no, my family has a farm uh, and his family worked in coffee. Um, and Raul offered to take us home that evening after the, the, after the wedding because he was heading back that way and stopped having to get a dodgy cab in Guatemala City. Um, and uh, I just intrigued. So afterwards, I asked my export partner to get some samples from him. Uh, just, just to, you know, I, I liked the guy and I thought, oh, it's actually worth checking this out. And um, we got some samples uh, and I decided that I really loved it and I really liked him and I wanted to buy the coffee and uh, we've continued to buy ever since. Um, it's, it's really good. We've been, I've been lucky enough to visit the farm uh, and meet the whole family since. Uh, and it was a really, really lovely memory. Uh, sitting on a 
drying patio, patio with them all, enjoying a beer, uh, watching the sun go down. Um, super professional team, uh, super lovely and warm family. And um, we've managed to get lots of different lots from them. Uh, and this, this year, this is the, just a, the washed coffee from a, a, a section of the farm. Um, it's been washed and soaked in water um, and fermented and then dried on the patios. So this is the Bourbon Natural and I've decided that I should get my snozzer in the bowl, so. Now, this coffee smells like really good coffee. And now partially it is really good coffee, but it's not a super complex coffee. There's not lots of difficult, strange aromas coming off. I get a little bit of milk chocolate and that's kind of it. Um, maybe a little bit of like a, a roasted nut kind of like aroma but like it just smells like delicious coffee like i want my house to smell like this all of the time in fact i might just go around and like have little pots of ground coffee all around because it really is just like a coffee smell um, a really delicious coffee smell get your nose in there and give it a try so we're going to try something a little different this week this is a really short video i have of processing um on the farm at la soledad um and i'm just going to talk over the top um it's super short, so we may have to slow down some of the bits and repeat little parts of it, um, just so I can um, really be able to give you the full information of what's going on. But I thought it would be something fun to try. So let's roll VT. After this, by the way, I'm going to talk about volcanoes. So here we are. Here we see the cherries. The cherries have been delivered and uh, they're into the uh, receiving station there. You can see it's really good picking. Um, that's something that we'd like to see when the cherries are all uniformly red. And they use water to push, that, uh, push those cherries down, um, and then they're going to be pushed down into the depulper, which we can see just there spinning round. So they've gone through the depulper, the skins are then separated, uh, from, the, uh, from the seed inside, or the coffee bean as we know it. And then they're going to keep moving down there. And you can see the water's still pushing that through. Uh, and it's going to push into the receiving tanks. And we can see the receiving tanks just in front there. So that's the, the tanks where the cherries or the, the seeds are going to go, not the cherries. Um, and uh, they'll go there for either a dry fermentation or a wet fermentation. We can see here that when the cherries have been separated, from the uh, from from the seed, this is the seed being pushed through. Now, the observant ones amongst you will see little bits of cherry still coming through. Um, those will be separated later. It's a very fine balance between having the machine uh, enough to remove the cherry and not damage the seed. So the trick is getting it just right and you're always going to get occasional skins come through. Or if you end up making it too tight, you're going to damage the seed, uh, which ultimately is going to lead to the coffee not being as good uh, and more defects at the dry milling stage where uh, those cracked beans are removed. And that's a trip to the wet mill. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the volcanoes that are around the Akatenango region and they're called the Fuego Akatenango Massif. I'm going to do Massif every time I say it because that's all I think of. I'm a child of the 80s. Uh, but it's a string of five or five defined volcanoes, but there are probably more little volcanoes along there. And their vents go from north to south, uh, perpendicular uh, to that of the Central American uh, volcanic arc that's in Guatemala. 
Uh, and I'm going to try and name the ones from north to south. So we've got uh, Ancient Actonango, Yapokaka, Yokokapaka, <laughs> Pico Mare de Actonango, uh, Meseta, and Fuego. Um, and the volcan volcanoes there stretch back more than 200,000 years. Um, and although their centres have been active, um, there's a general sequence of younger volcanism uh, from north to south along that trend. Um, the massive volcano, uh, massive uh, complex <laughs> towers more than 3,500 metres above the Pacific coastal plain. Um, and to the south, uh, 200 metres above the Guatemalan highlands uh, to the north. Um, and the complex uh, compromises of uh, remnants of multi multiple eruption centres. This has been a super active area. Um, where lots of debris um, and avalanches have happened over the years. Um, the avalanches extend more than 50 kilometres uh, from the source and have covered more than 3,000 square kilometres. Okay, so this week, I've got my tin mug. This is what I used to rattle on my bars when I was in prison. Oh, let me out, let me out. I was in prison. Enjoy the silence. It's a prison, obviously. Um, okay, so we're going to dive into this coffee. So, this for me is like apple, but it's not just apple. There's some caramel in there. There's, and the descriptor that I like to use for this one is tart tatin. Tart tatin. Kind of fruit, upside down fruit cake with like you know, caramelized fruit in it. Um, but there has to be a little bit more. So as I'm talking, the taste is just developing. It has a real dark chocolate finish to it. So think like baker's chocolate, kind of like a really high cocoa content chocolate, like not milk at all. Um, and it finishes with like a, a red currant aftertaste. Um, this is almost the opposite of last week's coffee that we had, which was like, you know, simple and easy to drink. This is a lot more complex. There's a lot more going on in this one. And um, I, for one, am happy for that. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, it's my pleasure and your pain. Um, please do come again for more pain next week. But in the meantime, do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. <laughs>